Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. Can I just say congratulations on our 40th show? (laughs) I'm going to try to find some like cool music, but it was just too much work. I think one of the uh, very endearing um, qualities of our show that has helped us grow to be one of the fastest growing podcasts that we know (laughs) is that we are bare bones, cheap mofos with no sound effects, no nothing. Nothing. (laughs) I was trying to find Apple sound effects and I thought, you know what, This (laughs) this is too much work. (laughs) <laughs> no bells and whistles we can't even pull up a ringback tone <laughs> a ringback tone oh my god you know before we even get started you you sent me a message yesterday or last night and I've been thinking about it all day so for the audience let me reference this message that I received and let me tell you what time it was. So it was 11.45 p.m. Now I go to bed at 8.30 and I'm probably asleep by like 8.45. So I don't see this message until I get up up at 4.30 in the morning. Here's a message that that I received from my bestie Myron. Hey, I wonder if there's an option to do both cremation and burial. Like half the body gets buried and half gets cremated. So I say, <laughs> why would you want an option, right? Like, how are you going to know? And his motherfucking response was, seems like it would be fun. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what the? Like, I guess I asked my girlfriend tonight, today at the gym, and I said, you know, I got this interesting text. And she's like, so you... For the coffin part, you would have your upper body if you, you know, you have a good looking face and then your lower body could just be cremated. I thought, who, why are we even putting thought into this? (laughs) Yes. However, I want to do the opposite. I want my (laughs) bottom part to be buried. (laughs) So if it was open casket, then essentially we would just say goodbye to your legs and your butt. That's it. A nice, nice suit, pants, and shoes. <laughs> With or without a belt. You don't have to worry about shirt or makeup. <laughs> and if oh you had socks God. on, we wouldn't even have to look at your feet. <laughs> just like right where the torso is, like where there should be like the upper torso. Just put like a cup of my books. <laughs> An apple. In place of of your upper body. I just thought, what made you think of that? Like that's I I've been wanting to ask you that all day. Um I think my daughter and I were I I think we were watching a dateline. Oh. You know, it it always goes back to dateline or something. There was just some um, you know, typical deal. You know, somebody killed somebody and buried the body and just threw some they threw them in the woods and threw some leaves and sticks over them and then that got us talking about burials and stuff and then i don't know it just sort of came to me i thought you know i i thought about i want to be cremated but there is something very you know human about a burial so why not both so so you know like i like 
like you know how people do the cremation and um some people will oh that's what my daughter said she said oh if you get cremated do you want me to like put you in a little vial or run around my neck like i guess some celebrity does that like some celebrity has like cremated remains of some loved one in a little vial that they wear a little necklace or something i was like what well, that's a little bit more much for me however i would like a little bit of both like go to the ground and then have something to earn and have enough like if you want to throw some in the ocean or, or you know plant a tree or you know whatever and just have some on the mantle i think that'd be pretty cool Wow. So both. I've never in my entire existence and, you know, I, I, I want to be cremated, but I guess you have to do a will to make sure that that happens. But uh, I never thought to myself, what if I just did half and half? Like I mean, that, <laughs> solves, <laughs> that solves the problem for people that are uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what? I put that out. I put that out on the, in the Twitter world. And, you know, it's interesting, like what people come back with, because people have done a lot of things, but it, but most people arrived at, and some people who worked in industries close to that arrived at, that you cannot cut up a body like that. Um, wow. That most states have laws against it. But then other people said, which I tend to believe, if you have enough money, you could do anything. Right? You you could do you you could do you could do that. But most say that states have rules against that because. Like it all comes back to that our laws are based on um, the Christian Bible and there are, that's what it's based on. And so they, you don't want that. The law says you can't desecrate a body like that. But, you know, on the other hand, I was going to say this too, because you just said about cremation for you, because I know you give blood pretty regularly yeah. and I know you're an organ donor. So then you mean first donate your organs and then cremate you. Yes. 100%. Like take everything that you need. I mean, I plan on living. My goal is to be 105 because my great grandfather lived to be 104. So, I mean, maybe by that time that I pass away, my, they're like, please, we don't need these organs are not going to do anything for us. But in the unlikely event that my time is before I'm 105. Yes. Take my organs, please. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, yeah. So I would, yeah, I think I'm a, I, I also am an organ donor. So yes, so do that and then slice me in half that way. And someone said, what about you? What if you slice head to toe? I was like, like bacon? Like, I don't want to be sliced like bacon, which <laughs> is a whole other, you know, level of depravity, but just a nice slice at the torso, divide me up. And you know what? I don't know if you watched or read the Harry Potter stories, but that's essentially what the bad guy Voldemort did. He just took parts of himself and scattered around the world so that his ultimate soul could not be killed. What? Yeah, that, that's what that, yeah, that's how he lived or appeared. That's how he was living forever. Like he just broke himself up into pieces. And I thought, you know what? I do something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm gonna back. beat these fuckers. <laughs> I mean, you see, you know, it's funny because we were talking about our 40, 40th episode, and and I thought, God, should if we do a top forty things that we hate, I mean, we'd be here all night. And then you suggested we should talk about the forty things that maybe five things that we learned in our forties that we you know loved and five things in our forties that maybe just, we couldn't stand. So I thought good. that was, I thought that was good. So because you suggested it, do you already have that like in your portfolio and your Rolodex of your mind? Um, I have a few things um, from my say, say turning 40, 40 was, you know, it's one of those big, one of those big numbers in America, right? You know, 16, 18, 21, 25, 30, 40. Cause like, it's like, you're really a grown up. So, so <clears throat> something that I really did not like about turning 40 is same thing with turning 50 is that everyone reminds you like it's, a, it's supposed to be a big deal when really when you wake up that day, it's not really a big deal. It's not. It's not a big deal. So that was one. And another thing I had about turning 40, 40 was when for the and, and you know, it, it only it has only happened one other time since then. But one morning I was getting dressed for work. And I, I was sitting on the side of my bed and I, I was putting my shoes on and I bent down to tie my shoe. 
and my my back went out. <laughs> that was it. Like I wasn't exercising or running or lifting something, you know, or twisting. Nothing. I just, and it wasn't even like a full bend. I just motioned to bend over to tie my shoe, and my back went out, and I could not move. I could not move for about four hours. Like I was, I was frozen. And, you know, I don't take like medicines or pain relievers or anything like that. So I just sort of finished tying my shoe, went to work and was just in pain. Like I could not move. And it took about four hours before it started to, um, like the pain started to go away. And then it went away. And that's been, you know, 15, 18 years has only happened one other time. But that was the first time that ever happened where I thought, oh, this is what 40 is like. <laughs> like that moment. Okay, so then the third thing is 40 is when I had the awareness that I sometimes would snore like a freight train. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Okay. <laughs> Like a brain train. Yes. Like, and I couldn't understand those moments where like you, you could hear the snore would be so loud that it, it, it would penetrate your, your REM sleep and you hear your brain rattling until you wake up and don't really know why you woke up. And it was all because of your own goddamn snoring. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. So that that happened um, at 40. So then the other thing, because a lot of body things that, that happened. Um, and the last body thing, I got two more things. And the last body thing was, was I realized at age 40 that I could get away with not shaving three or four times a week. Wow, My face, okay. I mean, it yep, just yep, didn't yep. matter. Yeah, I could go to work. I could shave. I could not shave. And it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Like, I was so religious about it. And I think in America, particularly with men in America who work in corporate America, that, you know, we are, we are um, trained to stay tight, tightly grouped, particularly if you're in management. But I learned that, that as a Black man, that my facial hair is not really thick. Like, I can't grow a big old beard like those beard, beard guys these days, but it just sort of blends into my, my skin. Like you can't, if you look closely, you can see it, but nobody looks, nobody was looking at me that closely. It didn't really matter. And once I learned that and I was about 40, I probably would shave maybe once a week. I just, I stopped giving a damn. Damn. So it was it because you didn't grow a lot or just, no, you just didn't care. It, it, I didn't care, but it doesn't grow very thickly it just sort of lays down on my face and um it just didn't and nobody nobody seemed to care now now if i were in corporate america now i would probably go back to shaving because now my facial hair grows in about 75 percent white like wow. like if, if i wore a suit and had enough care in the world to groom I could have like this white kind of covering as a beard and I would look like a zaddy. <laughs> a zaddy? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, zaddy. I get, now, the only problem is I can't get full coverage. Like I just don't get enough beard to even like, if it, even if it was like groomed and really short, it just doesn't cover my whole face. It just, I ain't, I ain't got it like that. There's, so there's, a couple, that. there's a couple words over this past couple of weeks that I never want to hear you say again. And um, one is zaddy, um, <laughs> two is billfold and three is car note. Like those are the things that I never want to hear. Go mouth again. <laughs> billfold just kills me every time. Billfold. <laughs> billfold. My God. Oh, and now that's it. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay, so then, so then the the fifth would be, this is sort of also sort of work related. Is that I realized I realized at forty that I had peaked 
in my career. Meaning I would, I would eventually get more jobs in my career and I would get, you know, great pay and stuff like that. But I reached a level that, that I wasn't, I wasn't going to go any higher. And it was for a couple of reasons. One, I reached a state of mind that I decided I was not going to do any more than what I was doing. Right. So I wasn't going to invest anymore. I wasn't going to go to a school and get advanced degrees. I wasn't going to move cross country. I wasn't going to do, you know, those type of things that generally speaking in corporate America, you could do to advance your career. Like I decided, nope, I'm not doing that. And then also I had this, I had come to accept that I had certain skills and abilities that I could be successful make enough money and still have time to be me and to live my life. And I didn't have to do more. And I was okay with that. Like that's, I, that hit me at age 40. Okay. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So those, those were, those were my five things that I most, that really, that really hit me at age 40. I like it. I, you know, I, I, I can relate to, the no hair, like there was a certain point in my forties where my leg hair just stopped growing. Like, I, I mean, I would, I used to shave every day and then suddenly I was like, maybe I don't have to shave today. And then the next day I was like, I still don't have to shave. So I don't know. My dad has pro I mean, my dad has no leg hair whatsoever. He is sometimes his legs look better than most women that I know. And not in a feminine weight, just their tone, their, they, their olive colored, their no hair. So I, I, I realized in my forties, like I didn't have to shave every day, which is, which is quite interesting. Amazing. So that's positive and also interesting when you think about what you just said. Um, I bought my first house by myself at the end of my forties and Oh, you, I didn't realize, you know, usually when you, all the houses I purchased, I, I did with my ex-husband and, you know, you do things together and there's just certain things that you don't listen to when you're going through all the paperwork and stuff. And you're just like, yeah. you just want to move on. Well, I realized, I didn't realize how much paperwork there was until I was the only one responsible for it. Like to oh. gather all the data, to pull, to find all your you know, W-2s, your, all your tax shit. Like it was so incredibly so much work. And I thought, fuck, this is so much better when you have someone helping you. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good one because I was just telling my daughter that, that the process, again, we were watching a dateline, but the process of buying a house is that stack of paperwork. Like you don't accidentally buy a house. It is so much stuff. So much, and the the back and forth with you know yes. making sure proving your worth and 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 all that it was it was quite interesting and and also learning that in my forties after I got a financial planner and it, you know I've always been contributing to my four hundred one k but in my forties I learned just how important it was to start that in my thirties and having somebody getting a financial planner in my forties, I wish I would have ended up doing that in my twenties just to set me up for, for further success. But, um, I, I, I was lucky enough to be able to, um, find somebody, a, a female who is just a rock star and, and she helped me put me on that traje- trajectory of, making sure that, you know, I can retire comfortably and, and all that stuff. But I didn't realize just the value of what I was doing in my thirties until, you know, I, I had somebody in my forties making sure that I was, I was dialed in. So that was, that was That's a good one. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I've, I've always done this, but because I don't, I, I'm a no frills type of person, but I realized in my forties, I said no to fucking everything. Like I, if it didn't serve me and it didn't have a purpose for me. I was just like, no. And I didn't, I knew, and I realized that I didn't have to validate or explain why I was saying no. It, if it didn't right. serve me, I just said no. And I learned that probably in my late thirties, but really took that to heart in, in my late forties. So um, yeah, those were, those are, I think that's five. Um, I, I do have, I, I do have 
a top five of things that I hate. You know, I know Ooh. we talk about something all the time, but I do have five things that have just been irking me lately. And um, I think, because we're talking about turning 40, I hate birthday dinners. Like I hate going to a fucking restaurant and having to find the waiter and make sure they sing happy birthday. And then when you're in your forties and people are singing happy birthday to you at a table, I just fucking hate it. That's the worst time. Hate it. That's the worst. Cause then, you know, cause then, you know, you have um, friends bringing little bags with little gifts and that's all just like cluttered around the table and everything. <laughs> Right. And he's trying to get your meal and they're trying to buy you a meal or a drink or it's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I hate it. And the, the other thing, too, I mean, I could probably every episode, we could probably talk about 10 to 20 things we hate. And I hate food that leaves a residue on your fingers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Cheetos. Yeah, like anything that has some sort of cheesy, like whether it's a bunch of salt, whether it's whatever it is that you have to lick your fingers or have a napkin to snack. It drives me fucking crazy. That's funny because one day I I was watching, um, I was watching my girlfriend eat potato chips, I think. (laughs) And so she's very deliberate. You know, people, people eat potato chips differently. Some people, one chip at a time. Some are two or more, and some are just like drink out of the bag, right? And so she was the deliberate type, one chip, and she eat that chip. And then while she's chewing, she would flick her fingers because that would be the like the leftover oh salt or whatever, God. right? Just flick her little fingers. And I watched her do like five or six chips. And then I said, where do you think that salt is going? You just flicking off your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> My, my my carpets don't need salt. Like they don't need seasoning on my it's carpets. So, so annoying. And you know, the other thing I hate is sneezing while I'm driving. Like I, I oh feel God. that if I sneeze while driving, I'm going to get in an accident. It is one of the worst. <laughs> because you can't keep your eyes open for that. You can't second. keep your eyes open. And I don't want something to all of a sudden come into play as I'm sneezing. And now I'm rear-ending somebody because they stopped. Just at, that, at that exact moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so when, here's, here's another, I mean, there are so many when I think about, how, I, I mean, I'm going to give, I'm going to give two. Like, okay, I hate having to print something. When someone says you need to print this and sign it and send it oh, back, I'm fucking wow. done. I don't. <laughs> oh my god! Why can't you just send me a DocuSign? Right. You know what? Let me tell you. Let me let me do an addendum to that. Okay. I don't have, and I never will have, a home printer. I don't either. <laughs> it is the it is the worst American technology there is. Like they don't work. You may get one or two good sheets of paper out of it, then it's an absolute disaster. And all of a sudden, your printer is like a 1985 dot matrix printer, no matter how expensive it is. And so, and so if I have to print something, I then have to email it to um, FedEx, which used to be Kinko's. And then I got to drive there. I got to get on there. I got to email it to them. And then they got to print it out for me. I got to pay. Every time. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, just don't make me print something. Why do you need this piece of paper? I mean, technology has evolved so much that I shouldn't have to waste paper and buy ink and all that bullshit. So I'll usually send it to my mom and be like, can you print this? (laughs) Mom always has a printer. Oh, my God. Okay, final one. Just, uh, you know, I'm going to Cabo at the end of uh, February, which I we talked about my family first time. It made me think about how much I hate people that stand on the moving walkways. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is like, that's peak laziness. <laughs> that is, that is, you have either given up on life. Uh, I don't even know. I just can't stand the fact that the moving walkway is to get you faster to the next gate. It's not to take a tour of the airport. Like, I don't know <laughs> where the disconnect happens, but it's not I, a I'm ride. 
It's not a ride. Uh, those are the look, look. You know that movie Wall-E and those humans were like way overweight. They just stopped moving. And just, yeah. Everywhere, everywhere was a scooter. That's that's it. That that's where that's heading. Because that's really, yeah, the movie walkway is a help to you, right? You get you there faster, but your legs should still be moving. They'll be moving. You're still walking. It's still called a walkway, not a standway, a fucking walkway. So, oh, God, that's oh, so good. That, those are a little um, trinkets. I mean, maybe I'll just sprinkle a couple in as we, you know, I think about I, every day, usually on my walk or if I'm driving home for my workout, there's something I say out loud in my car about I hate. And uh, thinking about that, my neck, like when I drive somewhere and I go to get my hair done, mm. I hate sitting in the I hate looking at myself in the mirror getting my hair done when you're getting it's it's like you feel the it's like why do I look this ugly is it really do I look (laughs) that is so (laughs) see you gotta go to a black barbershop like the one I got to ain't no mirrors that you're looking at nobody nobody like there, I, there might be like a mirror behind my barber barber but he is never pointing me that way and my like my 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 companion hate to you for that one is in my barber shop there are two tvs constantly playing sports and my barber never seems to be able to get me to face either one of them like <laughs> i've always like split between them so if I could bug out my eyes, either left or right, I could probably see a screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, man, we should. I, I could have, I could have come up with forty today, but in my mind, these are just the things that pillage and kind of like build, not pillage. They build up in my mind. Yes, I, I use this as a purge. I mean, because really, it's just. It, there's just. Even walking today, I hate fucking wind. I, I'm walking outside and the wind is everywhere and my bangs are hitting me in my face. It's just, why does there even have to be wind? Okay, you know what? That's a good one too. So let me tell you what something I hate. Because wind, wind made me think of this. I hate when people sneeze <laughs> and they expect you to say, God bless you. Oh my God, don't even get me started. Like, I don't owe you nothing. Nothing. All you did was have a perfectly natural body response to something that, and that, that's, that sneeze thing happens trillions of times a day. You're not special. Right. Like, like whatever the reason for that, God bless you, Gesundheit stuff from like, whenever that started a thousand years ago, let it go. Like, (laughs) let it go. That you say that is, and it's the ones that expect it when they sneeze five times in a row. Like I'm yes. supposed to say bless you all five times. Right. If I do that, you should give me five dollars. <laughs> like <laughs> it is crazy. And you like, know what? Who, like yeah. you didn't do anything special. Nothing special. And and you know, I look, I am 58. I watch a lot of Dateline, read the news. I've never heard of somebody dying because that someone didn't say, God bless you. Like, like, let it go. Let that arcane tradition go. Just sneeze, cover your mouth and nose and go about your business. <laughs> okay, oh, my look, God. Here's something else I hate. So sometimes I, because I have an iPhone, sometimes I'll be reading Apple News, right? Yep. And, or sometimes just on random on the internet. And Apple News will often have like movie things like here's a movie or here's a series or just some random stuff like that. And what I hate is that sometimes or even TikTok people, sometimes it'll be a movie review or something, but they don't tell you where the movie is streaming. Oh, yeah. Like, but yeah, like BuzzFeed will sometimes have a list of you know top four movies or top movies with a robot or whatever. And it won't always say, well, where are the movies streaming? And so I just go, well, okay, forget it. I, I'm not I'm not interested in doing a, you know, a scavenger hunt to find out where you found this movie. Just it's not worth it. So I, I hate that. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's it. so much. It's so funny and very sad that we could find things because you and I had a conversation. I was so mad. This girl that I used to work with, she I hate when people tell you that you look like a celebrity that you really don't look like. <laughs> 
like Melissa Rivers. I don't know where you got that, how you got that, but I do not look like Melissa Rivers. And if anybody hears this and says, well, you kind of do, I'm blocking you. Like, I'm blocked. <laughs> Block. Blocked. Look, you oh. know what? Look, I, I, have, I have a personal troll in my life. You know, I have a teenage daughter. so my teenage daughter insists that I look like this particular celebrity and she's always trolling me about it she said oh he looks like you'd be your brother like you guys are brothers and guess who that celebrity is (laughs) Tracy Morgan (laughs) (laughs) now now shout out to my boy Tracy Morgan because I like him he's funny you know he's you know, good time on Saturday Night Live and funny little stand-ups and stuff. But come on, I don't like that. Look like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. God, you right, know. <laughs> right. So, so I think I think of my uh, of my free uh, Peacock streaming, the little Avi. I chose Tracy Morgan. <laughs> Just a surprise her one day. <laughs> oh, you should change your little avatar. To- <laughs> Wait a minute. Speaking of which, here's something that I really hate. Okay. All these little fly by night channels now have a plus that you can subscribe to. I'm done with them. I'm done. Right. I just saw one the other day. As a matter of fact, my daughter pointed out to me. Um, God damn it. What was it? Uh, uh, AMC plus. Okay, who's watching? What's right. on that AMC? I know I have watched AMC three times in twenty years. Like, why would you want me to pay extra to watch an old movie or something? Like, what? <laughs> I oh. just—that's like Paramount Plus and Paramount, and then yes. that. Listen, that's like HBO saying, "Hey, we've got HBO Max, and if you want to watch uh, House of the Dragon." You have to watch HBO Plus. You have to get you have to get another streaming service. Exactly. And you know, okay, here's something. I speaking of that, I hate just the random email like I got this week from HBO Max. As a matter of fact, it just said, "Hey, we raise your price one dollar." And like, what? Like, why did you raise it one dollar? And they they just canceled a bunch of stuff. Like they did a whole bunch of stuff to like like narrowed down the selections and all this other things. They canceled a bunch of shows. They stopped some shows from that they promised were coming or not coming. Then they go, oh, and by the way, we're raising your prices. So I hate that. So I am looking at 2023 as a year. I'm going to consolidate this mess and get it down to like the core of what I really want to watch. That's, yeah, because... I know it's hard that you pay you pay five dollars here, you pay eight dollars here, and all of a sudden you're streaming. Not to mention, I have Sirius, so that's you know because I listen to Howard Stern and I like having Sirius on my in my car. So you think about all those things that you add up. I don't even all want that stuff. It. I don't all even that stuff, right? And I, and I use um, Dish Network. So and this house has three TVs, so you pay for the service, you pay for three receivers, Damn. and then. Because I, w- I want to watch like ESPN, you, you have to get, you know, a, a, a channel package. Like you can't just get the bare bones one with like 60 channels. In order to get ESPN or like, um, I don't know, NBA TV or something, you have to get the channel package that has 200 channels. Oh and I'm God. like, look, I don't need 200 channels. And they're like, well, well, the only way you can get that, get, get those stations, you have to buy that. So my dish with those receivers and their channels is $136 a month. And I'm just like, you know what? That's too much. Because then I, I have Amazon Prime. I pay for that crap. I have, you know, that HBO. And then I think I have a free deal with like Disney and Apple. I don't know, some kind of free deals. And I think I, I munch. I, I peel for off somebody else for something, but it's all just too much. It's just too much. And I, I, I'm going to just streamline all this stuff and just get it down to something very manageable. That's smart, smart. Let me know. And then if we have to, sh- if you have to um, <clears throat> give me your logins and I can get rid of more. 
So, sir, we, I want to talk a little bit about the, the big news in politics this past week. Um, you and I have had some back and forth stuff with President Biden and the government documents found at his home or in his office when he was vice president. And you've got the, you know, you've got Republicans saying, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe he stole these documents. They're comparing it to what Trump did, which definitely they're not, it's apples to oranges, right? Because so I want to talk a little bit about our conversation that we had back and forth about what this really means and maybe make it in layman's terms for those listening that quite don't understand what's going on so that they can have a grasp based on how you educated me a little bit last week after I did a little bit of research I was I was more I was more appreciative of how you compared it to leadership roles and you know how okay. you have cheaters and you know so people come in and do an audit because they found fraud and you know the people that do the fraud get fired for it but you know so if you could for our audience just give a little recap of what this whole thing was and still is going on to make it simple to understand because the news doesn't have a tendency to do that. Yeah, the, the, the news likes to um, both sides things like they they want to appear impartial. So they want to make things equal that are not equal. Right. So that that's that's and so that they aren't um, uh, they so that they aren't given the appearance of favoring one party or the other, but they tend to do that mostly with Democrats versus Republicans. So they do false equivalencies. And this is a classic case of a false equivalency. So, so the story is that um, uh, President Biden's staff and lawyers were at his one of his offices when he was vice president, not that he's president. Uh, he has an office, his former vice president's office, and he also, off, that's off site, not in the White House. And then he has his office at his home in Delaware. And as they were just going through his files, they saw a classified, um, classified paper. So they, so they said, okay, let's tell the Justice Department we we found this here. And then, and they, I think they found maybe five papers. And that was in November. And then, as they were going through his files, they found they ended up finding like eleven classified papers in the two different locations. They gave them to the um, Justice Department. And then it was his lawyers. And so the lawyers did what lawyers should do. They immediately turned him over to the Justice Department and said, hey, we found these, you should know. And for all intents and purposes, it looks like misplaced. It looks sloppy, but it looks misplaced. And so what our media is running with is that, oh, this is just like what Donald Trump did when it's not at all. So that, that would be the apples and it's apples and oranges comparison. So now if you look at, well, what is the comparison to what Donald Trump did, the oranges? He had over a thousand documents. Many or most were top secret. He took, he took them out of the White House and took them to his private residence. And then when the, uh, the National Archives, because that's the group that once you're president, any office, but president, vice president, um, they are the ones who, for us, the people, they're storing all your documents and everything. And then when you leave office, everything goes to them. Well, he didn't send anything. So he took them, he took it all with them to Florida. And when the National Archives didn't receive what they were supposed to receive, they asked them repeatedly for months, for like eight months. And finally, and he kept ignoring it and said, and just ignoring it. He wouldn't turn over the, the boxes or the documents. So finally, they had to get a subpoena for those documents. And he ignored the subpoenas. Now, this is a former U.S. president refusing to turn over documents, which is, is crazy that he took them all. It's more crazy that he refused to turn them over. It's still more crazy that he ignored a subpoena to get the documents. And then finally, the FBI and Justice Department had to get involved and say, look, we don't want to come raid your house, but we will. And so finally, they worked out a deal to not raid his house, but to show up and get the documents. And when they showed up to get the boxes, they had no idea how much it was, including nuclear information, that 
it turns out that they they had to go back because they had Trump and his people had lied about what they had. They had moved some things from where um, they said they were and they had to make multiple trips. And that information, once it got to the FBI, then Donald Trump's lawyers sued the government, said you can't look at those. Like a former president saying that the government could not look at, which is our information, it's not his, it's not his personal stuff, that's government stuff. He sued, and because the Justice Department tries, in this case, to be um, very fair and balanced, like they didn't want people to think they were attacking him, they went through all the steps, and it, and these lawsuits went on for months, and he, Donald Trump had lawyers that he, not lawyers, judges that he appointed that on two or three, one judge in particular, who on two or three occasions sided with Donald Trump that he had the right to um, classify these documents as secret or take executive privilege on these documents even after he was out of office as president where he has no executive privilege. So you can't do that. But the judge that he appointed said he, he could, this lady judge, um, I can't think of her name, and they had to go up to the circuit judges who on, I think, three different occasions slapped her down and said, no, that is not the law. Like, stop. And, and these were, the appeals judges were also Trump judges, but it, it was so egregious what that judge was doing. They finally, those, the appeal, the appellate judges finally said, stop it. Like, this is insane. Like, this is not the law and you should be ashamed of yourself for promoting this. And finally, after like the second or third, maybe even the fourth chance, um, they, Trump's lawyers had to just drop everything and everything is now in the hands of the Justice Department. And that is part of the ongoing investigation to him. So, so it's not the same thing. And it's very similar to is what you and I were discussing. If you're at work, and say your sales is always a good example because sales is very clear. You either cheat at sales or you do not. Yeah. And if you're a leader of a sales team and your HR department or your audit department or finance or whomever would catch someone cheating comes to you and says, we found out that your employee, your employee is cheating. What you do as a leader, a sales leader is you just take a step back. You don't do anything. You go, okay, well, you do your investigation. I know nothing about it. Do your investigation. If I was overpaid, then you take those commissions back. I'm I'm fine because I don't cheat and I don't want people under me cheating. If they get caught cheating, then so forth. And you may get um, a note to your file that says you need to have tighter controls on your people, like something like that. Yeah. But generally speaking, yeah, if your people aren't, if your people, if their people are cheating, you don't know, then you're not losing your job or anything. Um, and so it's similar to that. So none of Biden's people are going to lose their job. And he's just saying, well, I didn't know they were there and maybe it was sloppy. And he said, I found out that they were, my lawyers had, uh, I found out from the Justice Department, my lawyers didn't even tell me they found anything. They did the right thing. Like they're not supposed to come to me because they should turn it over and that's what they did. So you can either react in a way that shows that, look, I didn't know and it was sloppy and just let the process work. I'm not going to try to influence things because I, I don't think, I don't. I know I, that is wrong, but I know there's no malicious intent and it just seems like an error, but fine, do your investigation. Yep. Or that's what he did as a city president. Or you can be a former president and say, no, 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 for months and then ignore subpoenas and then lie and then sue multiple times. It's oh. two whole different things. So people need to get their stories, get their stories yeah. right, dig a little deeper and don't automatically assume it's the, that we're comparing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yes, it's yes. a good analogy. I think it's I think it dummies it down for a lot of us, including me. You know, I, I consider myself fairly educated and, you know, knowledgeable. And there's a lot of times where I'm so bombarded with information that it starts to cloud my own judgment. And so you have a really good way of sort of sifting through the weeds a little bit to put things into perspective. So I always value your insight. And I think those listening have a better understanding as well. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. Me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, the other thing I'll add to this is, look, I'm not a conspiracy guy. Now, Biden, President Biden was, pre, was vice president like seven years ago. And 
and his lawyers turned over these to the Justice Department and that information got leaked, right? It got leaked. So that's sort of dirty, you know, yeah. to just get that, to just get that out in the media. It was sort of dirty, but, you know, President Biden was like, okay, you know, let's let them do what they got to do. That's seven years old. And the timing of that, as soon as Republicans get control of Congress a week later, you know, they have all this controversy going on in, in their party. They couldn't elect the speaker until the 15th round of voting. There was backroom deals um, to gut Social Security, let the, let the debt ceiling um, collapse and all this bad news. They got this guy who's like George Santos, who has it completely, everything about him is a lie, where he worked, where he went to school, his, um, whether he was married or gay. And now they have video of him. And when he was in Brazil, he was a drag queen and nothing wrong with being a drag queen, but the Republicans hate drag queens. So let's just get that out there. He said his mother died at, um, in the Twin Towers in 9-11 and she wasn't even in the country. But he also said she died around Christmas. You know, all he, he raised GoFundMe money for his friend's dog and then stole the money. You know, just all this stuff is in the news. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we found some Biden papers from seven years ago. So, you know, it seems a little shady. <laughs> but politics is dirty anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's good, sir. I appreciate that. Are you, um, have you been, as, as you follow, because you, you, you seem to manage a lot from writing your blogs to your magazine, to books, to watching all the professional sports games out there. Were you able to do any watching of cool TV? You know what? I am pleased to say that I took your recommendation and started watching Mosquito Coast. Ooh, yes. The Mosquito Coast on Apple Plus. Um, and it's, there's two seasons of it. And I am a midway, actually I'm past the midway point of season one. And it's very good. Just like you said, it's very good. So good. Oh, I'm glad and, you're loving that. Right. Cause you've seen all the way through season two, right? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Okay. So, so I am, um, I think on episode, I want to say six or seven. And so, you know, where I am and I, and the, the series about, is about a family for our audience is about a family who is living off the grid somewhere in California. We don't know why they're off the grid, grid, but we get a few hints here or there and, and the family has to go on the run, but we don't know why. And it's just slowly unraveling. And it's a, it's a father, um, a mother and their teenage daughter and teenage son. I believe the daughter is older, I think, but slightly older. Yep. And so they're just on the run and they end up in Mexico and we're just following their little adventures as little bits trickle out. But it's both fast paced and slow paced, but it's very entertaining. Yeah, it's so good. I'm glad. I can't wait till you get to season two. It's yes. it all comes together in season two, and it's just amazing to uh, amazing to uh, watch that. And I'm glad I stuck it out because at first I thought it does move slow, but the episodes went fast. So yes. I don't know. Yeah, that's how that works. That's crazy. Yes, yes, I, I would totally agree. So I'm uh, I'm watching that, and then my daughter and I watched. Um, on Dis- we're watching two. We watched. We're watching one thing on Disney Plus, and we watched another thing on Disney Plus. So one is, you may not know, but maybe your nephews do. But there was a Disney movie called Encanto a couple of years ago. Yes. So it made that famous song that adults started to hate. Um, you don't. You, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the song is from that movie. So Disney, as Disney does, they did a. Encanto live at the Hollywood Bowl in um, LA, down in Hollywood. So it was the it was the so it's the show live, and the all the voices were the people, right? So the voices in the cartoon were there singing live, and it's just a massive Disney production. And the songs, most I think the songs were mainly written by Lynn uh, Manuel Miranda, and he was there. And it's really good. Oh. It's really good. So we watched that and it's on Disney. It's like an hour and a half, maybe not even an hour and a half, it's just live production. So that's really good. And then uh, Disney has a series. Remember those old movies, um, Nick Cage, National Treasure? 
Uh, oh, like Nicolas Cage, the actor? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Nicolas Cage. He did these movies. I think they were the 90s, or early 2000s. And like little fantasy series where he was finding out that, you know, there were secrets in the U.S. government, treasures hidden. And, you know, you just go through him trying to solve these puzzles. Um, and also some nefarious people were trying to get these treasures and stuff. And it's probably like two or three of these movies. And they're very good. They're very silly, but they're very good. Because there's Nicolas Cage, right? He's very silly and very good. Well, Disney has a series that's it's geared towards, I would say, um, like 10-year-old and up. And it's it's national treasure. It's like the it's the, the premise is the same. There's a couple of, of the people in the movie from the or in the series from the original movie, but basically it's about the I, I think they're maybe college students and maybe seniors in high school. And it's the same thing, national treasure. There's some treasures somewhere, and they gotta like solve these puzzles. And there's these nefarious people trying to get the treasure themselves, and then the nefarious people are led by the villain is Catherine Zeta-Jones. And it's pretty good. Like it's, it's like for teenagers or something, but it's actually pretty good. And I think your, your nephews would like it. Okay. Okay. Mm, Because it's like, yeah, there's no real hard violence or guns or, you know, it's just like, and the mystery is pretty good. You're trying to solve it. And it's probably eight episodes, but it's pretty good. So we've been watching that. Okay. Wow. We've got a full plate. Um, I had, I finished The Recruit, which that was my sister's recommendation. Okay. And How was it? It was, it was good. And I didn't want it to be good because she's not normally that good at recommending shows. Cause you know, she's got that balance of like the good, the, the good feeling kind of show. And yeah, she likes yeah, sappy stuff. Yeah. She likes sappy stuff, which is, yeah. you know, that's just not my cup of tea, but yeah, it's, it's so, a whole genre. Yeah. Yes. And I said, I'm going to give that a shot. So I watched the first episode and I liked it and I finished all of it. Um, there was eight episodes and probably going to be a season two. So love that. Um, of oh. course the, um, the, uh, Apple TV. So there's a, there's a show on Apple TV called the servant and it is M night Shyamalan. Oh, and, I know that series. Yes. And it is a little bit out there, a little bit wild and crazy because you know, a woman comes into this, this lady, uh, her baby dies and they get this nanny and somehow the nanny brings the baby back to life. And you go through this whole, family function and it is crazy because you don't know why this girl has these powers you find out a little bit that she's part of some sort of cult but you don't really know a lot about the cult so the final season um just started last week so i watched the first episode um super stoked about that Uh, if you if you kind of if it's unrealistic, of course, because she brings back a baby. But if you love sure. the concept of M. Night Shyamalan, I highly recommend it. Really, really good. Um, so have you have you finished it? Because I am on, I think I'm midway through season two. Yeah, I'm I'm on the latest season. So I'm all caught oh. up. I'm on the latest season, the final season. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see where the where M Night, what journey M Night Shyamalan takes me on. Um and you know the others. There's a couple of stars on this show. One of them is Ron Weasley from Harry Potter. Oh, that's who that is, huh? Yes. It's, okay. You're such a freak. You don't know that that's Ron Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, man, he looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Weasley, and then the mother is Miranda Otto. I'm going to show my, my I'm going to show my geek um, street cred here. Miranda Otto is in the Lord of the Rings series. Oh, wow. And she she is the one, she is the daughter of the king of Rohan. And she eventually um, kills, chops up the head of um, the king of the rape writers. There you go. Wow. Okay. So very interesting. Um, <laughs> I, um, and you know, the other one that started, just started on Sunday was Your Honor. And that's with Brian Ooh. Cranston. And oh. yes. So it was originally supposed to be a one and done limited series. 
And it looked like, I guess, through the production or through um, just the viewers that it was pretty popular. So they made a season two and there's only one episode so far. And I am just super fucking excited about it because Brian Cranston is so good. And the concept for season two is I'm so excited. Like, I can't wait for it all to like play out. It's the final season, of course, but um, really, really good. So I've got wait that. Minute. Wait, wait, and- wait a minute. Um, I saw that commercial somewhere, but I don't know. Where's that? Where, where's that? That's Showtime. Oh, I don't have Showtime. There you go. Oh, there you go. I chose between HBO and Showtime and I, I end up picking HBO. Yeah, I mean, Showtime has some really good because, you know, I love the shy. Mm-hmm. Um, Showtime's got some good stuff. They have the American Gigolo, um, the shy. They have. Um, wow. Yeah, there's a couple good ones on Showtime. Um, billions. So I, I love me a Showtime. And then my brother tonight sent me a message because, you know, Jen Shaw from from The Real Housewives. Yes, Jen Shaw. Right? We talked about the last week. She got six, yep. 76 months in prison. Ooh, um, but a show came out on Hulu today, and it's called The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker. And from what? the first few minutes, my brother said they are putting her on blast. So my thought is they probably had this filmed maybe Bravo worked on it and got, they're talking to her designers. They're talking about her cars and how they didn't Oh, she doesn't own any of them. Oh, um, no. They were. I'm sure they were waiting for her to get her sentencing before they put this out. So I'm going to. Okay. Well, hold on. So while she was still on Bravo collecting that check, even though all the trial stuff and all that stuff was happening, Bravo set up a whole nother show, just like going deep in the Genshaw world. It must be because it's on Hulu. So Ooh, it has to be Bravo associated because otherwise, how would they have gotten the stuff? How Andy Cohen just doesn't give away shit for free. So, right. Oh my God. Yeah. So that, I'm going to watch that. That is some, that's some shady business. Yeah. My, and my, <laughs> my brother, my brother told me about it. So I'm definitely going to give it a whirl. Um, I'm going to give it a whirl this weekend. So I'll let you know how it is unless you watch it before me. So. And, and it's on, and it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm going to definitely tell my girlfriend about it because yeah. for some, because you know, she started getting me watching these shows, although I'm, I'm behind on everything. Cause I can't keep up with all the housewife stuff, but I did keep up with the Jen Shaw story. But so if this is going to be messy, I'm definitely going to dive right in. Yeah. My brother said she's a scum. Whoa. Yeah. I, Oh my God. I can't wait to see it now. That's like, uh, yeah. So he's like, yeah, she's definitely a scum. He's like, let me try it for a little bit. Let me see if I, if if it's worth watching. And he's saying like, she's terrible. So um, it'll be good. You know, she got, you know, they they don't, they don't raid the FBI doesn't come to your house to raid you to think that there might be something. Right. So if, if you're stealing from, from old folk, then your time needs to be, it needs to be had. Uh, exactly wow okay good one so we said this is our 40th i mean we made it this far uh yes we hopefully they get to 100 we could become syndicated like seinfeld and all those shows right start making some money out of it because we ain't making <laughs> squat we got no advertisers <laughs> no. no nothing <laughs> <laughs> nothing we do this all ourselves you some myron fixed his list that it sounded like he had he had to do that all on his own <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, Back of my lips. Sir, where can I find you? So find me on uh, Twitter at Myron J. Clifton. My Amazon page is also Myron J. Clifton. And you can buy my books on Amazon. My books are, you know, did I tell you my books are also in Barnes and Noble? My books, you can get them at Barnes and you go, um, go online, Barnes and Noble. Look, look at my name. All my books are there. Um, See me on Facebook at Myron. Clifton or Dear Dean, same on Instagram and TikTok. And, you know, say hi, buy my books, um, sign up for my free monthly digital magazine. It's free, great articles. I get contributors from all over the country. And um, and uh, and say hi, read us, uh, rate us, review us, and share us. Where can people find you? 
You can find me. Most of my activity is on Jen Van Lannen Veg on Instagram. So reach out to me there. I am Redheaded Vegan on Twitter. I don't really hang out there much. And TikTok, I don't post. I just creep and watch everybody else post. But you can find me at Big Button a Smile. Um, this has been this journey of these 40 episodes have been a blast. I, you know, it's a great peek into the dynamic of our friendship and just the evolution. And this is, this is legitimately the conversations that we have with one another. And to be able to share that on a platform is pretty fucking amazing. And the people that follow us and give us feedback and, and share. And I, I, I just, it's a good time. I look forward to sitting down and, and talking with my bestie. So thank you. Rate us. Um, you were going to say something else, sir. Nope. I would say it's the best. Okay. Well, have a great rest of your week, everybody. We'll talk at you next week for week 41. Peace out.